Hello there. Thanks for joining me for Intuition Your First Sense. This is Vicki, obviously. And this episode, I decided that I was going to take some of the pearls of wisdom that have come out of sessions with my amazing clients because I've been writing them down and there has been a joke since the beginning when I used to teach classes in my living room. Uh, the ladies in attendance would often say, write that down. That's a bumper sticker. Did anybody get that? Because sometimes these one-liners pop out of my mouth and I completely give 90% of the credit because I am here and I am willing to walk it and to embody the messages. But I give most of the credit to spirit. I know they're coming through and yet I know it takes my intelligence. It takes my quirky sense of humor. Uh, and it takes my willingness to actually spit it out and to say things that sometimes can seem so blunt. Okay, they are blunt, but can also be the turning point because I truly believe that everybody already has the answers within. And sometimes I am just the mouthpiece <laughs> um, that is willing to deliver it, that's willing to say it because it feels like I'm reflecting back to my amazing people, their own brilliance. So what I thought I'd do, because each one of them aren't long enough to really do a podcast episode on, I thought I, what I would do is take the wisdom that's in there that came about as the collaboration because I think they're applicable to most of our lives. I learned so much by working with people that I later apply, um, and I'm grateful for that. So I came up with five of them that hopefully, as they stand alone, will also collectively work to become support or to become, you know, just something that where you go, oh, hey, yeah, I guess I never thought of it that way, which is part of the excitement of being human, right? I never thought of it that way. So we get to think of it in different ways every stinking day if we want to. So the first one came up when I was uh, working with someone and they just had a very challenging time having fun and just very tough on herself. And I was trying to encourage playfulness and trying to encourage the idea of you're not doing everything wrong. It's not possible to do everything wrong. And it's also not possible to be in perfection. So we were looking for that space or that experience where it's just not so tough to be human, that she could find a, a middle ground of application because we're here, we have to do things, we have to follow through, but also wonderment of being here. And I asked her, what if we look at this as an experiment? I love the what if questions. I like saying what if, like what if, rather than what if. Um, so I said, what if we look at this as an experiment? This whole life thing that you're in, it's simply an experiment. It's an experiment of where your soul, not looking for any guarantees, decided to jump into this physical body and see what happens and try to work integratively 
Is that a word? <laughs> it is now. So it agreed to do that. What if we just see this as an experiment? Take the pressure off of doing everything correctly or um, looking over your shoulder. And to do that, we could introduce ideas of the question, uh, or sorry, the beginning of a sentence of, I wonder. I wonder what would happen if I decided to acknowledge the things I've accomplished in my life. I wonder what would happen if I stopped playing the role as the keeper of the universe. I wonder what would happen if I allowed myself to heal from my childhood. I wonder what would happen if I mixed these two colors together. So playing with that, I said to her, and I'm not a scientist by any means, I lean more towards the languages in school, but I said, you know how like when you're doing an experiment, you first are in observation. You're in observation of what's going on. You're kind of chatting it up, thinking, could this work? And then you ask the questions, literally, of could this work? What if we mix these two ingredients? What if we allowed the energy to travel along these lines and it lit up a room? What if... And then we come up with a hypothesis of how we think it could go or might go. And you just keep expanding your awareness to there. Then you make a prediction. Well, in the past, when I've mixed this item with another one, it didn't go so well. We kind of blew up the lab. So let's not do that again. I, I'm predicting that because this other item is less volatile, we won't have that response. So last time I was in a relationship I really didn't have my listening ears on. This time, I'm learning to have my listening ears on. I'm going to make a prediction that the communication is better, right? So then you test it. Whatever's going on, we test it. So if this experiment of life is, if we're seeing this life as an experiment, as something that we're doing the best we can, but we kind of know that it's going to have to be tweaked or that it's not going to work right from the beginning because you know, experiments rarely do, then we wouldn't get so caught up in having a different result than what we predicted. So I suggested to her, we can absolutely test things. We can talk about process and we can, we can even process emotions and move those things out and see how you would be today. How would you be in your own experience today? And then we can start again. We can be in observation of where you are today. And then we can ask the question, what if you relaxed a little bit more? What if you suggested to your supervisor a different way of doing things because you've noticed it was more efficient? Or what if you decided that you weren't going to date anyone until you got your stuff together? And then you could do the whole process again. You could hypothesize, you could make a prediction, you could test it, and then you could start again. So we came up with this process and this idea by talking about what was so scary to her and talking about how much pressure she was putting on herself to get this life right. And this isn't your only life. So Maybe we could take a little bit of pressure off and say, I'm going to do the best I can with this experiment that this life is, because that's really what it is. I mean, some of the stuff you get to 
figure out and you learn and you're a little bit more proficient at, but then there's going to be a new opportunity that comes up if you're, you know, invested in your life and you could experiment with joining a bowling team or you could experiment with moving out of town, you know, all of these things. If you look at it from a perspective of, oh, I can't possibly get it all right anyway, because perfection does not exist. I can see this and, and take a little pressure off myself by experimenting. And I, I feel like it helped her to learn how to quiet her head um, and see how she could respond in each experience from there. I mean, because experiment and experience, they have the very same prefix, prefix. Prefix, yeah. I <laughs> couldn't think of the word. So the wisdom, the words of wisdom that came through from my guides, her guides, is to see this life as an experiment. So maybe you want to try that. The next one was, I will admit, I was a little bit more direct on this one because sometimes we can wind ourselves into a story. And we can continue to tell the story over and over again when the event is no longer happening. And a lot of the times that is because whatever the traumatic event was, it did not get addressed. It did not get talked about. It did not get healed. So I completely understand what is driving that desire to keep telling the story. But my job, I'm not a therapist, remember, but my job is to pay attention to the pain and the hurt that's there while helping someone move forward. Coaching is about moving forward. I believe coaching needs to be in collaboration with therapy, with looking at the past, with deciding how you want to be, if you want to be caught up in your past story, or do you want to move into where you are in the life that you would like to create? So my job, I see as being there for someone listening and then helping them to see that what they're asking me for is a new way to be in their life. But what they don't know how to do is be in that new way. And my job is to help them be there. So sometimes I do have to point out the fact that they keep repeating the same story, literally talking about the same story. So what I had presented when we were talking about trauma, and it was very real. However, I felt like the person was creating trauma in their life because they were looking for trauma in everything, everything, every statement that someone said to them every interaction that happened, every comment that happened on social media. And they were in a pattern of being so practiced of living in trauma that beautifully she's done the work to shift out of it, but she didn't know how to stop looking for that trauma everywhere. Stop looking for, stop being on the lookout for the trauma so that she could prepare so that it didn't hit her so hard. So this is a delicate, delicate space to be. It's definitely not a one-time session and you move on. However, by asking her, do you think you're creating trauma by looking for trauma and everything, it gave her the power 
to stop doing that, to recognize that, no, that person who typed something on your social media, if you just read that without inflection, a lot of the times you'll get what the person was trying to say. Or if you know the person, take it into consideration that they have a, you know, fresh sense of humor or they are very direct. Maybe they don't have much of a filter. And I'm not saying be okay with other people's lack of decorum, but what I'm saying (laughs) is stop thinking that everything is trauma that is happening to you. Someone cuts you off in traffic. That's not trauma. That's not trauma. That's inconvenient. That's annoying sometimes. That's not trauma. It's like it's become a buzzword and almost a reward for I have trauma from this and I have trauma from that. True trauma exists. And quite frankly, I get a little ticked off when people are throwing the word around because maybe they want to be understood or maybe there's some trauma that hasn't been um, talked about or maybe they didn't have a lot of trauma in their life and they want to belong. But the trauma club is not where you want to belong. So take the drama out of your life by stop looking for the trauma. Um, it I know it makes things seem valuable to your brain. Like if something has a charge to it, it seems valuable to your brain. But that's not true. The value comes from being able to understand your emotions, to um, accurately identify what emotion you're feeling, to work through the emotion, because emotion is energy in motion, to work through it, to understand what it's telling you, and then to dissipate and move to a higher frequency emotion. So while it was hard, (laughs) because... I promise you this stuff for any coach or therapist or doctor out there, it's not easy to say this stuff to someone or to call them on it. It's just that you understand if this person is paying me for my best work and their best interest, I best be willing to have the hard conversations and to not pussyfoot around it. And I don't placate. I don't. I had someone not too long ago say to me that, She thought I was just going to listen to her. And I said, I am going to listen to you. However, I told you from day one that we are going to work together to change patterns and habits and all of that. And she didn't want that. And I said, well, then our time together is complete. Should you, and I referred her to a therapist, should you want to just talk about this stuff in the future, I'm here. I'm happy to look at it. But what I am not going to do is I'm not going to sit here and placate behaviors that you're telling me you want to move out of and don't know how to move out of. So you've come to me to help you move out of them. And then I'm just going to take your money to listen to you. Sorry, there's plenty of therapists that will do that. And they'll let you stay caught in your crap. Lovely therapists out there. Plenty that'll also. There's plenty of coaches out there that'll just take your money and listen. Not Vicky Baird. So ask yourself in a moment, okay, you might have to come out of the moment, but ask yourself if you're that heightened a lot of the time, which part of it are you creating? Because you want to take that power. You want to hold that power within yourself. If you are taking everything to the highest degree 
or the biggest deal, well, then you are creating it in your life. Deal with the actual trauma that might be there, but let's stop creating it because it's not a badge that we want to walk around with. Um, and drama and trauma tend to go hand in hand. So where's the value in your life? What value do you want to have? Um, I would hope it's not to create more trauma, um, but rather to understand that you can have heightened emotions without creating a sad story around everything. And I'm happy to say that after she we processed and we did some neuropathway work because sometimes the brain just gets stuck. And the work that I do helps to shift the neuropathways, integrating the soul and the human self together and to have literally the old belief systems and the habits move off to the side um, and then to create new neuropathways to work with. So it's possible. Um, it's also possible to be caught in those behaviors and not know it until somebody is willing to say it, hopefully kindly. Have you ever wondered where your soul is? How you can be in touch with it? How you can use it and communicate with it with your human senses as well as your intuition? I wondered this for a long time and as I practiced and learned how to do it, I have now created a course that you can take that is self-guided along with some live events with me that can help you to connect to your soul as well and to use this amazing collaboration between your human self and your soul to empower your life, to create what you'd like to have and most importantly to be able to feel that you belong that you are amazing, and then what would you like to do with that in the world? So head on over to the website, VickiBaird.com, check it out and sign up, and let me know if you need any help. So this was actually pretty similar to a conversation I had with another client where um, I had intuitively felt like I was feeling an EKG monitor, and if you've ever seen a printout from an EKG monitor, there's the, I don't know the names of them, but there's the high wave and then there's the low wave where there's a peak and then there's the, the bottom wave. And they can be like, you can have extra beats in there. You can have um, a pause because a beat didn't get in there. Um, but what I had asked her was, is it possible that you are used to living, much like the person before, is it possible that you're used to living in this example of an EKG, which because she was a medical professional, it made sense to her, uh, where you have the sharp increases and the sharp decreases. Now, I am not talking about a um, biological ebb and flow. I'm not talking about bipolar, manic, and depressive, because again, not a therapist, um, so can't diagnose. Uh, even if I recognize the patterns, that is not for me to do. However, it also shows up in attention deficit. And gently, I asked her if there was ever an understanding or um, had a medical professional or anyone else teacher suggested that this may be some of what's going on for her are these sharp increases, sharp decreases um, in her life. 
is it possible that the brain is doing that? Because it's really important that we look at that, the biological aspects as well as past history, as well as, you know, just your personality or your, the habits that you've gotten into. We have to, there's a lot that goes on in coaching. (laughs) We have to take into consideration that one part of the system might be off a little bit. And sometimes when you're moving through, at least the coaching that I do, that involves a lot of uh, self-belief talk and um, shifting that and then systems because I so love creating them. And there's a lot of uncovering old patterns that happen in the work that I do, but also connecting it to previous experiences. And what we determined was no, there actually wasn't, well, she checked with other people, came back to a session, and it wasn't so much that there was an hyperactivity issue. It was avoidance of what was coming up. So she may be in a down space, which is okay to be in, where her system, her heart, her brain was asking her to look at what was sad and she didn't want to be there. So she would default to a completely up, totally jacked without caffeine experience. And that Um, once we determine that, well, that I can work with you with, right? Because this is not about medical stuff. This is about how do we recognize when our energy is up, when it's down? Is this intuitive? Is this a, um, an energy reaction thing that's going on? Did I not get enough sleep? All that kind of stuff, right? So recognizing a, uh, tendency to go sharp up, sharp down, or vice versa, sharp down, sharp up. What is in the space there? Like what could be in the space? Asking the question of what am I not seeing here? Once you've ruled out that, well, not even ruled out. It occurs to me now that it doesn't have to be ruled out. It could be ruled in. Um, Once you've become aware of the biochemistry, if there's something going on, because I'll tell you, this might be an overshare, but I'm going through perimenopause right now. I have never, ever had PMS in the past. I'm so sorry to those of you who experienced it because holy macaroni, is it a roller coaster? Everything's wonderful in my life. And there will be days where I'm like, whoa, this does not feel good. I don't feel good. I'm really feeling, um, a depression in my system, not true biochemical depression, but a depression in my energy system and in my mood and everything. So it's important to look at that process. It's important to take all of it into consideration. And then you can ask the questions of, okay, what systems would support this? What habits do I need to change? How can I be of more service to myself? Because I'm right in the middle of an EKG episode. So paying attention to that. Um, And through the patterns, recognizing your patterns, you can decide what shifts. Sometimes there's patterns in there that are so wonderful, like brushing your teeth as a pattern, right? Don't please don't stop that. Nobody wants trench mouth. Um, So it's being able to acknowledge that and observe yourself, going back to the experiment, observing yourself and where am I, where is my energy, where are my behaviors? That's so imperative. (laughs) Um, Because if if we don't do these things, the next one that comes up that I 
was talking with somebody about is we tend to get into a, a practice of protecting ourselves or walling ourselves off or uh, defense mechanisms. You probably all know if you're not the person yourself, someone who has a very sharp wit or who is um, kind of rude in their own protectiveness because they're afraid to feel and they may not even realize that they're doing that. Um, and one of the, we're now calling it a Dutch door. So a Dutch door is one of those where it has the bottom half or barn door where it has the, the bottom half that can stay latched while the top half uh, swings. And this is what I was seeing in my, my mind's eye when I was talking to this client. And I said, I asked because sometimes this stuff is literal. So I asked him if he had a Dutch door in his house. And because he didn't, I then said, okay, then we need to talk about this process that you had. Cause he was wondering why there wasn't a relationship when he really, he really has been doing everything emotionally, physically, um, Planning-wise, everything, he really has been putting in the effort and also releasing control. So learning to relax, learning to trust that it'll show up. Everything he has. And I said to him, okay, we need to talk about this Dutch door because it looks like there's a protectiveness happening in front of what would be your second chakra, which is your sacral chakra around your, just below your belly button. And then lower so the root chakra, now that's about relationships. It's about our earthly-based needs and desires and practicality, your career and all that jazz. And he was um, protective because of past hurts. Completely understandable. Even predictable, but completely understandable. And then once we determined that there was a protection going on, to protect him from further hurts, we talked about what's the worst case scenario. You could get into a relationship and it might not prosper. It may not move forward and, or it does. And then she decides that she doesn't want to be in a relationship with you. That's the worst that can happen. Okay. And if that's the worst and we look at it now, you've already come through that before without the tools you have now. So it might sound cruel to say something like that, but really when you say to your brain, what's the worst that can happen, it will stop working against you because you can speak it, you can then address it. If you don't speak it or acknowledge it, it's really hard to address it. So in doing this, we also worked through a process of removing cords. I asked him to ask Archangel Michael to remove all cords to previous relationships, return their cords to them, return his to himself, and to practice this on a daily basis. Because a lot of the times if someone is protecting themselves or protecting their energy field, even if you don't know you're doing it, it's because of... A previous experience, obviously, but it may also be because there's a reminder happening in those etheric cords. So if you get into the practice of removing them, 
on a daily basis, tie it to brushing your teeth, or if you commute for work, tie it to there. Make it something that is part of your experience in life that's very fundamental and solid. If you do that, what will happen is you'll be able to feel your own space, know your own self and your energy, and then you won't be protecting a future relationship because of a past relationship. And this stuff is happening within every one of us. It's just that on some level, it hits people differently, you know, just like allergies hit people differently. Um, And some people might not have any, to which I say, wow, you're amazing. Um, So determining what is in your best interest, you may still want to have this Dutch door because I said to him, you know, this isn't such a bad thing because the idea of a Dutch door is somewhat perfect because you can have some protection on the lower half and still communicate with people. It's okay to have a little bit of protection until you get to know someone. You do not have to jump right into a physical relationship with someone. And if they don't understand that, they are not your person. So move on down the road. Um, So this idea of being in the world, feeling a certain sense of protection because you have that energy Dutch door, fantastic. Just don't leave it locked, okay? So if you're, say you're going to a family function and it can be rough for you, those lower two chakras are about family as well. So maybe you do want to think, okay, I'm going to have my... Dutch door closed and I'm going to leave the top, I'm going to have the lower door closed and I'm going to leave the top open so that I can be open to other people growing, other people expanding. So it's just something to think about. And maybe when you're walking around in your world, maybe you can ask yourself, what is it that, and what form of protection am I using? Because if we're in protection mode, we're also not fully engaging in life. And it's important to recognize when we're doing that because you're really just jipping yourself from this process. Um, okay, so the last one is, um, I did a I don't know if I did a TikTok over this, Instagram, Facebook. I can't remember which platform it was on, but I thought it was, (laughs) I thought it was good enough. And it's also helped me personally in the last couple months to feel less critical of myself. So the statement I said to my client when he said, I don't know what to do with my business. I don't know how to move this forward. And what I said to him was, okay, that's important. That's so brave even to say, I don't know. And what I'm hearing is I want to know. The statement is I don't know, which has some truth to it. He didn't know what to do next. However, because he was seeking help and not just with myself, but with his accountant and, you know, with an investment planner and stuff, I felt like what his brain was and his whole system really wanted to say was, I want to know what to do next. Conditioning 
and the fact that he didn't have a statement readily available or a, a, a direction had him saying, having had him believing because he was saying, I don't know, he had somehow failed. He had somehow failed his business. He failed his employees. Um, and I said to him, how can that possibly be when the majority of businesses, if they're doing well, have to expand in some way? They don't have to get you know, bigger in the number of people they're serving, but maybe in what they're creating. Um, so it's it's a part of business that expansion happens. And his willingness to hear me ask him to have some compassion, but also insight into that I don't know. So of course I pointed out that when he first started the business, he was by himself and he didn't know how he was going to create an income and he did that. He didn't know how to hire his first person and he did that. He didn't know how to go about renting his first commercial space and he did that. And he just doesn't know whether he wants to go big or whether he wants to stay in the place he's at square footage wise and just become much more efficient, which is what we eventually came to because the efficiency then allowed him to feel like he had more space. Actually, literally did because we cleared up some floor space um, and there was more room to to navigate and he didn't feel as cramped because he was feeling like he was cramped in more ways than... um, just business decisions, it felt like the square footage. So sometimes people, it is literal. And sometimes it's just about cleaning a linen closet. And sometimes it's about giving yourself the observational time to decide that maybe we just need better storage situation and a better flow here, to which he hired someone to do a floor plan. And now he doesn't have to move out of his space, but he's added product, which is added to the bottom line, which is ensured that the employees that he have has has the employees that he has will continue to be employed. And they're all feeling less stress because I might have talked him into a little bit of feng shui (laughs) in the space, too. So this is what you get with me as a business coach. You get the systems, you get the emotional behind it, but you also get a little bit of, can we hang a crystal over there? And what if we put some black salt under the desk? They don't have to know it's there. Um, You know, hey, the perks of the trade, right? So I don't know is an invitation to yourself to say, I want to know. What could I know? What is it that I don't know? I don't know, but I'm going to figure out what I don't know. And I'm going to figure that out by asking questions. But first, the very first thing you're going to do is get excited because you said, I don't know. You get excited about the fact that I think your soul just tapped you on the shoulder and said, guess what? We're going to grow a little bit here because you just said, I don't know. And I don't know always connects to grow. So maybe that can help to have a little bit of a, um, a rhyme there for you. Next time you're in a situation where you say, I don't know. And please, parents, parents, listen up. Do I have your attention? Teachers, those in influence with children, let them hear you say, I don't know. It helps them feel safer in this world. 
because they don't know everything. If you always act like you know everything and you don't let them see you trying to figure something out, they think there's something wrong with them that they don't know. So let them, even if it's a big, 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 especially if it's a big thing in your life and you don't know how to handle it, you can say, I don't know. I don't know what to do here. What I do know is I'm committed to figuring it out so that they learn and they don't have to go through this in their adult life thinking that they're faking being an adult. Because I think a lot of what's happening is there's insecurity in those that have the ID that says they're adults, but they don't have the feeling that they're an adult. So let them hear you get excited about, I don't know. I don't know how we're going to solve this. However, I do know that I figured everything out in the past. We'll figure this out. Um, And then turn it to them and say, what do you think about this? Because kids are smart. Um, And they can look at it from a place of less conditioning sometimes and then help you to come to the solution. Um, So (laughs) went a little bit off rail there, but it's important. I think it's really important. So those are the words of wisdom that come from my amazing interaction with my clients, with the um, businesses. And it's one of the perks of being a coach because a lot of the times I am saying I don't know. And yet the information always shows up or the direction um, or one of my one liners or me saying, are you kidding me? Really? You're going with that? Okay. Yeah, no, I can't do that. I can't support that Um, (laughs) because hopefully they know I wouldn't leave them high and dry. Um, So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And uh, hey, if I've ever dropped a one-liner on you that you still remember, let me know what it was because a lot of the times these things come in one chakra and out the other for me. And I appreciate being reminded and also knowing, you know, that it's had an impact. Thank you and be well. See you in the next episode. If this is something you feel would be beneficial to you, feel free to pop on over to the website, vickybaird.com, V-I-C-K-I-B-A-I-R-D.com, or at Coach Vicky Baird on all the social platforms.